My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, an unofficial Stranger Things podcast. It feels so good to be home. Back. Just settle into this feeling, dudes. Oh, my God. So weird to say that. We are really back. So if you're new to the show and we can tell that there's a lot of new people, we're glad to have you. The last few episodes you've been listening to are from years ago. I think the most recent was in 2019 because it's been over three years since Stranger Things had a new season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you for catching up. It might have been weird jumping in on those ones because it was just us making terribly wrong predictions about the upcoming <laughs> seasons and uh you know, not even really recapping as advertised, but just kind of reminiscing about <laughs> the stuff we assumed everybody had just heard. Uh, but that's what we do. We break down every single episode of Stranger Things. And in the off seasons, we talk about uh, a plethora of other popular films and TV shows that we're interested in. So we hope that you stick around when Stranger Things 4 is over. But we don't need to talk about that yet. We're uh, about a week away, as you listen to this, a few days away from the first half of Stranger Things 4. We now know a lot more things, so we'll get into that here shortly about what's going to be coming up. Uh, So this episode, what we're going to do, talk about the first three seasons, reminisce again, recap a little bit, bring up some of our favorite moments, uh, our experience rewatching the first three seasons, because all three of us here have just done that. And uh, and then make some predictions because we don't learn our lesson (laughs) about what Stranger (laughs) Things 4 might entail. We shouldn't Uh, be in the prediction business, but we are. We're opening (laughs) up shop. We're welcoming all customers and we're we're not providing a good service. We're about as accurate as, you know, your random psychic at, you know, like a flea market or something. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the the best one is still like, we all know who the American is, right? (laughs) That's being held by the Russians. Let's all say it on three. One, two, three. (laughs) Dr. Brenner. Here's the thing, though. I actually still stand by that. But we'll, we'll probably get to that in a little bit. But yeah, Andy and I were talking about it. So for the listeners that don't know, we all three had predicted that the American, the stinger at the end of season three was Dr. Brenner. Right. And now it's supposedly obvious that it is Hopper because he's in a Russian prison in the show. Right. Andy and I think it is very possible that we were originally correct and that the uh, letting everyone know Hopper's still alive and well and in Russia in the interim of the season is kind of a red herring. Letting them know that that prisoner, you know, making making it so that that prisoner being Dr. Brenner is still a reveal. That's still possible. Mm-hmm. Are you following me there, Steve? Yeah. Well, I mean, all cards on the table. Anything's possible, baby. Anything's possible in the world. When it comes to things. Dr. Brenner, that guy, he's a, he's a slippery one. He's a slippery no. guy. He, he is a slippery one. He does stop into our show and talk from time to time. He may join us today. We don't know. We never know when he's coming by. He does what he wants. He's a busy man. He's the head of the lab. We don't know what his position is or how he got that or anything about him. Yeah. If you look at his LinkedIn, it just says head of the lab. <laughs> Five, really six connections. Assistant to the regional <laughs> manager. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to email the show, please do that. We'd love hearing from our listeners. You can write in at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. That's streamingthingspod at gmail.com. I think we have a very special listener email to, to read out today. One of our favorite listeners from the very beginning, our early adopter, Stephen V. Well, it's actually a voicemail. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's a voicemail. He How called- can you leave a voicemail? 
uh, by getting your phones out uh-huh. if you're if you're in the continental U.S. Sure, it's, it's, not, it's not an international number. Uh, Andy, you're gonna have to tell me it what this is eight five nine seven five seven four zero five one. So without further ado, let's listen to the message that uh, Stephen V sent us. Hey guys, this is Stephen V. Anyway, I was uh, listening to the old recap, and two things. First thing, I sound like a complete creep in all the shout-outs. Um, yeah, super creepy, but I did marry the woman who I shouted out, so that worked out uh, pretty well. And we've been married for like two and a half years. That's how long it's been. So, uh, so yeah, that worked out. Second thing... The theories aren't always great in the recaps, but the last season, I think um, Chris was pretty spot on about uh, 11's bite and how maybe there's like a psychic connection before the gate closed. And now it potentially has the power to open portals. Um, but he said it would need to be like a sentient creature. Um, and the season looks like we're going to have one. So, uh, so yeah, maybe Vecna opens portals. I don't know. But uh super excited. About like a week to go, so that's cool. And I can't wait. Can't wait to hear you guys talk about it. Talk to you later. Steven V. Wow. So for those who don't know, he left us uh I think it was a voicemail back then even, wasn't it? Or was it a it email? It was an email. We didn't have a voicemail back then. That's right. It was before voicemails before, were invented. Before yeah. Phones. <laughs> yeah, phones so years and years ago, he had written into the show uh to have a shout out for his girlfriend at the time. Uh and we did the shout out. And uh, they got married, not because of the show. We're not going to take that pressure on. You know, I'm not going to say it's not because of the show, though. We don't know. We don't know. It could at least like 8%. Yeah. I mean, to have an exact percentage, I would probably go with eight. Is he the one that threw out a ha ha, will you marry me? Is that the email that we're talking about? That's that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're married. (laughs) He also won one of our contests. So I would like to say maybe that helped him buy the engagement ring. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they sell those on the, Amazon, right? Yeah. The $100 Amazon gift yeah, card. Is that what he wants? I think it was Fitty Bones. Fitty Bones. Fitty Bones. That's right. Fitty Bones. So, yeah. yeah. Don't tell him we did 100 later on. Did we do that? Uh, 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 no. <laughs> was that the fake contest we did where we nobody entered and we just stopped it? <laughs> <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. It might have been 100. Yeah, you guys screwed that up. Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome, really man. Happy. And more importantly, congratulations to me for apparently making correct predi- <laughs> predictions. Yes, sir. Congratulations. I don't even remember those predictions. I mean, either, man. I need to go back and listen to the show. Congratulations. It's a big deal for you. Uh, apparently, it was <laughs> spot on. Wow. Awesome. But also cool, cool for Steven. Uh, but yeah, if you want to, you know, be a part of this kind of relationship with us, you can email streamingthingspot at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Patreon. Uh, subscribe at a variety of tiers for a variety of rewards, uh, including pre- becoming a, a producer of the show. Mm-hmm. We'll read your name in the credits at the end. We'll do a lot of fun stuff and funny voices and have a good time for that. So yeah, uh, keep a lookout. The credits are now at the end and we're going to have a lot of fun with them. So if you're if you look forward to that. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned for sure. But also, uh, at you know, the $5 tier and above, you get extra content. We publish extra episodes every month. The more Patreon subscribers we get, uh, the more content we'll do on the side for the Patreon feed. And boy, this month is going to be a great content That's for true. Patreon members. So not only are we going to be putting on our reviews of Top Gun Maverick and Obi-Wan Kenobi on mm. the timed exclusive Patreon page... But the main event for all you Stranger Things fans is I'm putting together a little bit of a Stranger Things trivia game for these two jabronis. Mm. And don't be humble. If you don't know, if you haven't experienced Steve's trivia game 
capabilities. He goes all out. And I am just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a line in the sand right now. I'm okay. Start on the gauntlet. gauntlet. Wow, Andy's sandbox uh, is ruined. There's a line in it. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, buddy. I actually sorry about that. But no, this trivia game is the most ambitious, <laughs> insane, largest trivia game I've ever put together. It's gonna be amazing. Thank you to everyone who has uh, helped me cultivate this game by completing the survey that I put out online. Uh, so thank you to that. But uh, if you want to listen to that, become a $5 or more subscriber on Patreon and you can listen to this amazing show that's going to happen. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm super excited. So for those of you who don't know, we all took off work this weekend. Uh, it's a four day bonanza because we're going to go see Top Gun Maverick that night. Then come home. I think that's what we're doing. We haven't even yeah. talked about it in a while. Um, but then we got a few hours to kill. We're going to do the Top Gun episode. Put that on the Patreon feed. And then at the same time of Stranger Things dropping, Kenobi's dropping, which is a huge deal. I mean, Hayden Christensen's back. Uh, Ewan McGregor's back. This is going to be an incredible event. So we didn't want to... Camille Nanjiani's in it. Yeah. yeah. Really? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. We didn't want to clog the, the timeline of our Stranger Things stuff. So we're going to put all that stuff on the Patreon uh, feed. So we will be watching Kenobi and everything, too. So. And if you can't throw us a few bones, we totally understand. Those episodes will eventually go on the main feed, but uh, it might be a while. Yeah, it'll probably be a little while, but we'll yeah, we'll put those on the main feed in a, a few weeks or a month's time. Uh, so that's what's that's what's happening. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at StreamThingPod. We don't monitor that as you think we would per se, but we do see it. We just don't put a lot of effort into that. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there because when they see it, they're gonna like, hey, this is pretty bare bones. <laughs> just being honest with you guys. Yeah, keep it. I'm just keeping it real, so you're not disappointed. Expectations low. Keeping it 100. <laughs> you can also follow me on TikTok at Movies Are Therapy, uh, and then we got an extra special little. Game here we're gonna try this on for size we're gonna start doing uh mad libs okay you guys know what mad libs are you you gen zers might not know i mean i assume everyone's going on a road trip with your family and you all have the 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 provincial mad libs book that you guys fill out while you're driving on the road for a long time at least that's what my that family sounds did dangerous and irresponsible steven yeah what the well, hell the eyes person, on the road the eyes on the road driving. don't be thinking about verbs the person driving isn't filling this sheet out all they have to do is throw out a number give me an out uh car crash so what this, this isn't just normal Mad Libs that will cause your car to crash, but it is a Stranger Things themed Mad Libs. That makes sense. Yeah. So at the beginning of the episode, I'm going to ask these guys for, you know, the numbers, the nouns, the adjectives, all that fun stuff. And then at the end of the show, we will reveal the story that they have crafted using their own words. So the, the Mad Libs for today is titled Hawkins Middle AV Club. Oh, AV Club. Oh, sweet. All right, I need a number. Seven. Part of the body plural. Phalanges. <laughs> I have to spell phalanges. <laughs> Noun. Flower. Noun. Tire. Verb ending in ing. Squirting. Ew. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> plural noun. Wheelbarrows. Wheelbarrows. Yes, sir. Wow, I like that one. Letter of the alphabet. Z. Verb. Cry. Number. Uh, 11. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's, I see what you did there. That's the Stranger Things version of 69. <laughs> Anytime you say 11, it's nice. Nice. Uh, noun. Uh, table. Person in the room. Andrew. Adjective. Plentiful. Plural noun. Oh my God. Crayons. Hello. Verb ending in ing. Switching. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is that a part? Why? To switch. Plural noun. Plural noun. Wolves. Adjective. Colorful. First name. Steven. And last but not least. Long one. A place. A place. Oh, God. Purgatory. 
It's going to be a good one. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to see what the story is that they have just created with their words. With the Hawkins AV Club. So we all just rewatched all three of the Stranger Things seasons. Um, not for the first time. We do this every time a new season comes out, but it's the first time that all of us have rewatched season three, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, my, only my second run through. Uh, it's my third season three. I think I saw a couple episodes because my son started watching it after you know, we did our show. But yeah, so it pretty much the definitely the freshest for me. Um, what was your all's experience revisiting the show? Because it's probably been a good three years, in a, you know, being back, watching the show again. Any extra perspectives on earlier seasons or a new ranking, perhaps? Uh, no new ranking. I will stand by what I said in uh, years ago that I do believe season three is the best season of Stranger Things. Uh, so for me, it's three, one, two still. I, it was crazy to me how little I remembered. I was like watching season three. Oh, like, season three. Uh, well, of all of it. Well, I, season one is like in my bones, but uh, two and three had been a hot minute. Like I hadn't watched them since we did the shows. Uh, it was... Uh, it, it was interesting because it was things like, oh, my God, I forgot that Billy has his huge arc in season three that like he gets mind flayed and is you know, a body snatcher and stuff. And like, I guess we should obviously say that spoilers for the first three seasons. But oh, that's you know. assumed. No, that's assumed. Uh, yeah. If you made it this far and you were like, what happened in season three? <laughs> I have not caught up yet. But yeah, dude. So like there was so much coming at me. I, I was like, I remember Fourth of July. I remember the mall and I remember the wonderful uh, sing along with Dustin and Susie. <laughs> and then the rest I just blanked on, like forgot that Alexi was a person. And uh, oh, how could you forget about Alexi, I did, man? It, He's it, a very dangerous child. Murder. Off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but season two was better than I remembered. Uh, it was I in my uh, memory, it was kind of a sophomoric slump. Uh and that Lost Sister episode truly is awful. Um, I, I could not believe in that. There's like a thing where they're they're asking, oh, did you sing the baby to sleep? Did you sing her lullaby? Oh, McDonald had a farm. And then like the whole gang is like, E-I-E-I-O, right, guys? Isn't that funny? I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, there's something going Andy, on. You're telling me you've never jovial sang old, Mac <laughs> old McDonald with your friends? <laughs> that's well, something that all real human people do. That's 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 true. Especially in the eighties, man. <laughs> that was a bop in the eighties. Especially the Lost Boys. Uh, but anyway, just that one episode is a bummer. And what otherwise, ultimately, what in my mind, uh, the uh, season two was like pretty good. But it's actually great. It, it has some issues. Uh, every season has some issues. That one has more than most. But I actually enjoy season two more this time than I had uh, ever. So that that was pretty great. What about you, Steve? Do you have any like different perspectives on anything, or uh, what was your experience like in general? Yeah, so my my I think my ranking holds true. Um, I, I I just think season one is just a, almost as perfect of a TV show as you can get. However, watching it this time, I was like, dude, season three is so goddamn good. Um, the, the the reason why I can't put it above number one is that I feel like season. So season two has the worst valley of any of the of the three, and that's the 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 adventures in Chicago episode, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. I think it's Pittsburgh. 
Isn't it? It's I thought it was Chicago. Pittsburgh's where they start off in episode one of season two, but I think she meets him up in Chicago because Chicago's. Oh, did they like road trip to Pittsburgh to kill the guy? Yeah, because they're going around trying to find the different dudes. Okay, but you're right. The the opening of season two, they're in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Um, I could be wrong on that, but uh, like that is the deepest valley, right, of all three shows. However, I think I think season three has more valleys than any of the other seasons but it has the most incredibly high peaks. Mm-hmm. It's a very lopsided season. Like uh, uh, last time we reviewed it, I remember thinking that season three, like didn't get me until episode four. I was kind of like, ah, I don't really like this. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I just listened to the episode where we covered it and you were saying that. Yeah. yeah and then the sound of test hits I'm like, yeah, but this time around, I didn't feel that. I was just like, yeah, this is great. I'm into it. I'm into it. But I still think that uh, Joyce and Hopper's storyline, definitely in the first half to middle of that season, is poorly executed in terms of I think they're acting way too manic, especially Hopper. It just didn't seem quite true to the character. Like, And maybe that's a small thing, but it was just kind of one of those things that kind of took me out of the experience overall. But overall, the season's fantastic. Like the last half of that season is so front loaded with my favorite things about uh, stranger things. You get this core group of characters that are so fun. You get them together. They're working together. They're fighting giant monsters in an eighties mall. What's there more to love? Um, the, the other kind of things that I kind of found out uh, in my rewatch that I, I didn't experience the first several times I've watched the show is I found myself gravitating towards characters that I didn't necessarily gravitate towards before. Like I've always loved Winona Ryder in the show, but this, this most recent rewatch um, for the most part, like anytime, especially the first two seasons, like whenever Joyce is on screen, I'm like, I, I always like would lean forward. Like, Sit up. I, I, yeah. Here's Joyce. I'm ready to go. Cause you know, we all know how much we love Noah Schnapp on the show. He's mm-hmm. a powerhouse of a little kid actor, you know, but when Joyce gets on there, it's like Winona Ryder, I'm like, gosh, she is crushing it. She's funny. She's just amazing in the show. And then also, uh, we, I would, you know, previously we would kind of poke fun at the wheelers, you know, at, at their parenting prowess. This time I watched her, I'm like, Karen, Karen's trying her goddamn best. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen is, she, she's just this n- nice person who's like just in a really awful marriage uh, <laughs> that she can do better than. And I, like, I, I was so much more sympathetic. Hey, we re- we respect Ted in this house, sir. Oh, fucking Ted. <laughs> oh my language. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, those are my kind of brand new takeaways in the most recent rewatch that I, I found myself kind of enjoying uh, Chris, what about yourself? I mean, pretty much. I don't remember. And I'm the one that asked the fucking question, but I don't remember what I did or did not notice the first couple times we did this. Right. So there's that. Um, I think we were always sympathetic to Karen, but that's another thing that hit me on my rewatch of season Mm -hmm. one specifically. Like she tries very hard to be uh, accessible and, and open to both her kids. And she notices that things are going on and they won't let her in and can't really, we, you know, we know, Mm -hmm. Um, but especially to, to Nancy, um, and she's, you know, just very hurt that she can see her kids are going through pain that she knows she can't do anything about. Mm-hmm. And there isn't, uh, I, I, we probably talked about this at the time, but they make it very clear that she doesn't love Ted yeah, and, uh, never did. And that it was just kind of a, you know, I think I glossed over that at the time and saw it more from Nancy's perspective about how she didn't want to become that. But this time through, I really felt for Karen. You know, uh, and I made jokes in the past about her like banging Billy and shit. Right. But this time through, I was just like, you know, wow, she really needs to get away and do something, you know. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about way too adult things like 
was divorce was highly stigmatized still in the 80s right mm -hmm. you know things like that like that's what i was thinking of i'm getting so old yeah. um but also uh, i remember thinking that that winona Ryder's performance in season one was stellar but also uh, really amped up, right? And hysterical. And I made fun of it a lot. Like, um, but and my boy, <laughs> she says my boy, says my, my boy. boy. She's talking about her homies yeah. back in the city where she's from. <laughs> my boys were here. Uh, that's not what she's saying. Uh, but at the time, my son was a toddler and now he's almost nine. And I saw zero overreactions at any point throughout season one. Yeah, if anything, she was handling it really fucking well. You know what I mean? I still love that scene when she goes to work and she's like, you're giving me a notice. You're giving me a new phone. You're giving me a pack of smokes. A pack damn of it. camels. Yeah. Give me, the, give me them camels. Like, yeah, fuck. Dude, her her kid's missing, you son of a bitch. I, I love that. She's like, <laughs> I haven't missed a day in seven years. Suck my balls. Right. You know? <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so that's one thing that, that hit me this time around. Um, I have to say... A lot more of the flaws of the writing came to the surface this rewatch, like you guys are saying. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, uh, they, I forgave them more, too, if that makes any sense. Um, I, you know, I've said it a bunch in public and on here, I think. But we're all aware that the Duffers had, you know, all over a decade to work on season one and then less than a year to write the script for season two, uh, that, which is a season they didn't plan on making, didn't know what was going to happen. The show is originally supposed to be an anthology show, like kind of like extended black mirror episodes with different characters and actors each season. Uh, and so they kind of pulled season two out of their ass. And so a lot of it is sequel tropes of trying to hit the same beats, but harder. And you can just see it, you know, if you are familiar with, screenwriting at all you can just see the them trying to hit the same notes they do it again in season three in a weird way a bunch of times but specifically um there's a weird scene it actually hit me kind of weird and in, in season two murray bauman is like a matchmaker for jonathan and nancy mm -hmm. and they're in high school so that's kind of like again i'm getting old so i was like watching <laughs> yeah. it this time he's like y'all should just fuck i got you drunk and goes upstairs and i'm like <laughs> Bro, what are they, 17? Like, so, hey, Jonathan, how was the pull out? Why? Dude, that's <laughs> exactly. the weirdest fucking thing. Exactly. It's a like, fucking pull out joke. I was like, this is weird, right? right? But they use the, the Murray is matchmaker joke for Hop and Joyce in season three in the car. Mm -hmm. And it still works. It's still funny, mostly because Alexi's there, like, ah, uh -huh. <laughs> even though he supposedly doesn't understand anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that just stuff like that. I'm like, you don't have to do that, you know? Um, but I honestly liked the Lost Sister episode more this time around. Episode yeah. seven of season two, the, the famed terrible, ep the only episode that's kind of hard to get through. Mm -hmm. And I was like dreading it. So I binged. Yeah, you message us like, I'm just going to stop before I have to watch this. Yeah, uh, when I got to season two, I watched the first six in one day and then took a few days off because I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but then when I got to it, it wasn't that bad. And here's why. I know why they did it. And I, my opinion is that the episode itself isn't that bad. I know Andy took some like specific issues with the execution and that little team of uh, comic, wells. comic book ne'er-do-wells is uh, a little strange, you know, like he's the muscle and like he's got like the ponytail thing. I think there's a specific word for what that is, but uh, Q maybe. I think it's just a Q, a Q, uh, like his whole head is shaved except for that. A little rat tail it's thing. It's a Q. Um, but anyway, it's a, it's a weird group of characters, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. But like they needed 11 to confront 
her identity. They needed to have her find her mother. Mm -hmm. They needed to have her. They tried to open this plot line of where are her kind. There are others like her. Uh, And I think the weirdest part about that episode is that it hasn't come back yet. And I think that'll be fixed in season four. I fully expect to see eight again. Uh, if we don't see Kali in yeah. season four, I will be shocked. I, I, I really, we had this discussion at some point, but I, I really want them to bring that crew back at some point. Cause I want that episode to mean something like I, I, I know I just called it a Valley earlier on, but I, I really honestly don't think it's as bad as a lot of people claim for it to be. I think it's a perfectly fine episode. The, the reason it's a Valley is merely its placement in the season. I think yeah, that's it, like no it, favors. It fucks with the pacing for sure. Because um, there's the, the actual heart of it, like the reason it's there, I like. Yeah. You know? Because the episode before it is the whole ramping up of, oh no, the demo dogs are about to break yeah. free and kill all your favorite characters who are in one spot in Hawkins. Meanwhile, in Chicago, eleven yeah. <laughs> finds friends. Yeah, and you have to wait a whole hour to figure out like what happens to that kind of cliffhanger of an ending for the uh, episode prior. Yeah, and so right. I understand why people are like, what the fuck? I don't care. Go yeah. back to that. I, that's exciting. So, and I don't know how you solve that because I don't know where you could put that episode. They could have cross cut two episodes with each yeah. other and yeah. probably had better pacing. Yeah, instead probably. Instead of trying to make like, I know it's not a bottle episode, but trying to make it like that. Mm-hmm. They tr- sort of try to address it by having her like, you know, do a little peek, see what Hopper's up to. Yeah. And he's like, they're all going to die. Like standing at the radar thing with the dude. But like it, it just, they didn't do enough with it to uh, maintain the pace that they had up to that point. And it's just a poor acting all around. It's just like the Cali capers for 50 minutes in the middle of this. It, rem- capers. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, a subpar Disney plus Marvel epi- uh, TV show, which is most of them where it's like, eh, that was fine. Mm-hmm. But when we see Kali show up later, having watched that, we're going to be like, fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> like we cared the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like of all those characters that are introduced in the episode, Callie is the strongest one. Like sure. she's definitely like, if any of those people came back, like I don't mind if none of them come back except for Callie. I, for I, sure. I, I'm interested in her story. I want to see more of her power. She's the only one activity. that matters. Yeah. It's not, there's no, I have no illusions about that. Right. But like if they all come rolling up in their van, again <laughs> in season four she can come rolling up in her van and like a whole cast of six different characters could pop out of that van and i wouldn't know i'm like oh yeah they were in that episode yeah i would expect that she will die uh i know we're not in predictions yet uh, but i think that she i'm coming in hot let me write that down callie done she's not irredeemable to me because i am very allowing of people's flaws <laughs> but i think Writing wise, it makes sense as not a foil to Eleven, but as a uh, I don't know what the word is. Another example of how Eleven's trauma and rage, the darker side of Eleven, could be poorly channeled into actions like the life of Kali. And I think that Kali will pay the price ultimately for that. Get an arc and die in a way that is like everyone else clutch sacrifice uh <laughs> but yeah i think her having you know spent her last 10 years going around the country murdering her oppressors uh might uh just to stand out as a writing example of you know 
a road 11 best not go down. Um, I think she's going to bite the bullet. If that makes sense. I know that was a For long sure. way of saying that. Yeah, it makes total sense. Like if I was writing it, that would make sense to me. You know, like, oh, okay. I would expect her to get nabbed and uh, tortured and tested upon and used in some regard. Uh, I, I wouldn't expect any kind of arc. Maybe some kind of moment of sacrifice, but I, I wouldn't expect her to have enough screen time for it to be something like that. Do you think, I think she'll die at the hands of the, the night King, the, <laughs> <laughs> the new baddie, which we, we actually are not supposed to talk about yet. Actually, yeah, my, right. bad. my B I was just accidentally thinking of game of Thrones. <laughs> We're going to try to put a spoiler bumper before we discuss, uh, the trailer or I don't know if you know this, but Netflix released the first eight minutes of episode one of stranger things four. And we did watch it and we were going to discuss that as well, but we're going to put a spoiler bumper before all that. But what were you saying, Andy? Um, were you allowed to say it? I, well, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I, I, I would just say that, like, I would expect her to come back and I would not think in a big capacity, but she is too important to the background of their protagonist to not bring her back in some capacity. Right. I just I think that they're probably aware of they seem to write in a way that uh, acknowledges uh, community uh, theories and uh, community engagement. So, like the big side thing in season two was very much a justice for Barb. It's like, oh, well, you know, the parents are trying to find out what happened to her and now Nancy's yeah, that, on the case and all of that. It seems like part they, of the plot was just a reaction to hashtag justice for Barb, mm-hmm. for sure. And so uh, I, I think that they know that uh, the Lost Sister has the reputation of being the one bad episode. And so I, I, I think that they would try to under underplay that. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But I don't think that's Kali's fault. I don't think they know. Oh, no. I don't she think, was I don't think great. they think that either. Though. The acting was totally fine. I think it was just direction. Like, it makes sense for her to be like, hey, I've been doing this for a while. I actually can help you channel your skills. And uh, it's not just, you know, your powers, but use your rage or whatever. But they just did her dirty. And we got like a 30 second Yoda moment of like, try to move the train. All right, cool. You did it. You're good to go. Yeah, let's go do this. <laughs> like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I can Roll be, out we will. <laughs> Roll out we will. I can be your backpack while we run. <laughs> Any hoozles. I have a question for you guys before I, I want to ask you two things. I didn't prep them for this at all, listeners. So this is actually unprofessional because typically Ooh, you coming at me hot. It'll be a better discussion if With you prep. Gotcha questions. Gotcha. <laughs> Who do you think? is the most heartbreaking death. Uh, again, spoilers for the first three seasons. So I I'm, correct me if I'm missing one, but uh, I, I'm going to put on here Alexi, Benny, Barb, Bob, and Billy. <laughs> the B's and the A. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Andy, I'll ask you first. Hang on. Okay, Bob, Bob, newbie. Okay, I was like, hang on, who? Um, well, we know it's not Bob because we fucking the, forgot him. The forgot. most, okay, so like. Bob's fucking name. I have a two-part answer to that. Uh, the one that. Don't cheat. I care most about like I like the character and I'm sad that they're gone is Bob Newby. Uh, like I think that 
uh, it, it was basically an opportunity for Joyce to start to have a normal life. And she was really, truly experiencing that. And then we lost him and he was just sort of out of his element, but down to help the, like the entire time. And so like, I loved him for that. But in as far as like in the moment, uh, during the scene, uh, which one is the most heartbreaking, it's gotta be Billy, uh, like seeing, uh, when he's, he's going to feed 11 to the, uh, mind flayer monster thing. And, uh, she confronts him, or she talks him out of his, you know, uh, spell or whatever, uh, talking about his mother. And I, I just think that the acting that he pulled off there was phenomenal. Like he is like a rage monster, like from 28 days later, and then kind of pulls it back and starts to cry and nod a little bit to the things she's saying. And then, uh, when the, the, the way that they went about his death, death was the most impactful. So in that way, it's the most heartbreaking to me. Okay. Steve, what do you think? Uh, Bob Newby with a bullet. Um, just cause it's Sean Aston, So automatically you, you, you're attached to him. And like what Andy said, uh, just his story with Joyce, you're rooting for the guy. He's just such a, he's just a swell, nice dude. He's trying his best. And when I was doing the rewatch, I was kind of realizing, you know, Bob had no idea that there was anything crazy or, you know, uh, uh out of the ordinary what's the word uh paranormal there's nothing supernatural paranormal going on like you know he knew will got lost in the woods a year ago you know and he doesn't know that anything's out of the ordinary until literally maybe like what three hours before he's brutally torn apart by monsters it really well and he he, he's like he's like what's going on why are we you told me this was a very strange family he solves this puzzle he's like why am i solving this puzzle and just like no questions bob and uh (laughs) but he solves it he he goes on this he's like all right she's got that fire i'm just gonna keep doing this i guess like i might not have (laughs) i might not have two pythons but i certainly know how to speak python so i'm gonna go and figure this out and you know and just the way he's able he's willing to just he, he's fucking ride or die for Joyce in the buyers. You know what I mean? And, and so when he dies it, it, he, and he's, he dies so brutally, it's like, Oh shit. Like that, that hurts. It Billy, hurt. it was painful. Bill, I think, I think is like a great death scene in, in daycare. Montgomery is, uh, you know, we call him daycare, daycare. Uh, <laughs> you know, his acting is phenomenal, but he, to me, he was, he started off as such an irredeemable character irredeemable in all of, for sure in all of season two. And then, you get some of the backstory and you're like, oh, I mean, I sympathize with him, but also like that dude was going to murder someone on his own eventually. <laughs> so when he dies, it's like, oh, I'm glad he was able to redeem himself, but also like, eh? <laughs> so Bob Newby. Bob Newby. That's a fair answer. And that's that was almost my answer, because in that scene in season two, you have to watch Samwise Gamgee get ripped apart. Right. By the, the fucking monkeys from Wizard of Oz, you know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's terrifying. Uh, but I have to go with Billy. I think Billy is the most Billy. heartbreaking, not because of how it's shot, which is it's shot beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's a very again, I'm really allowing of flaws. And, and to me, in my mind, Bob Newby was in his late 40s, maybe. Uh, maybe early 40s. You know, he lived a good life. He was Bob the Brain. Uh, not a long life. I'm not saying <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> as, as someone creeping towards 40, I'm like, yeah, I do have a good life. As, I'm <laughs> just <laughs> finally got laid. And now it's all right. over. So I'm going to contrast it with Billy, who up until he was happy from, you know, up until he was seven or so. And then uh, abused brutally until he died. 
uh, horribly after being stuck in his body, watching himself murder people and stuff. Right. And uh, I think in the sauna, you get to see the real Billy, you know, and I think they do a good job of kind of undoing the image that he had in season two. Uh, They did show some of why he was the way he was in season two when Mm -hmm. that interaction with his father. But what you don't get to see is that he actually does care, even in spite of all that abuse. And in season three, you know, he looks at Max and he's like, I'm sorry. You know, and you can see on Max's face that there is a a kinship there. She does love her brother. That's her brother. You know what I mean? And so you can kind of fill in the blanks of all the maybe small good interactions that they have had. Um, And so it's just really sad to me that he even though he got, quote unquote, redeemed uh, as someone who was a complete asshole in high school, I sympathize greatly with Billy because he died at what eighteen. Yeah, he never got an opportunity to fucking finish growing out his frontal lobe and uh, <laughs> learn some things about life and tragic, horrifying life, and then he died. Like, yeah, pretty awful. That's that's mm-hmm. my take on it. I think it's very very sad that uh, he never got to grow beyond that and soften up and make amends and you know learn what life's really about. He has no idea. I won't change my answer. Barb. <laughs> Justice for Barb, my dick, my guy. Even Billy, or Benny, sorry, Benny. Benny, yeah. He's very brief, but that's a horrible, like, he, you can, they do a great job of showing you, like, what a good guy he is. And then later I caught it on the rewatch, you know, Hop's like, that's my friend, you know, and you can just picture him and Hop Hanging slinging out. some beers, and that would be fucking awesome I to was, watch. They did look like they would have been bros. Yeah. We were robbed of, Steven, of seeing Hop housing some Benny's burgers <laughs> with Benny. I want to see the prequel <laughs> with sad alcoholic Hopper hanging Benny out Hop. Benny. Yeah, Benny Hop. I love it. Benny Hoppers. <laughs> that's a. <laughs> restaurant joke. joke i guess yeah uh any hoozle so that's the uh our take on the most heartbreaking deaths and then again i didn't prep you guys but anything stand out as some of your just pick a couple maybe favorite moments of any of the first three seasons uh i'll start you off i got a couple small ones that i know i loved the first time around but sitting and watching it with my wife who remembered nothing about the show she'd only seen each season once so this was really fun to kind of watch it through her eyes one of my favorite moments uh, and this is why season three is arguably the best. I, you know, I think season one is the best written and it's that's my favorite. But season three, you could make a strong case for it because it is more fun. Mm-hmm. It's got some of the highest highs, like Steve was saying. Um, I, I do still think two has the lowest lows, but I, I, I'm still with you. But there's a small moment where they're running from the Terminator in season three. <laughs> and uh, Hopper gets in the back Tell of the car with Alexi. <laughs> and... Joyce is fumbling the keys and Topper just screams drive and it's I don't know why it's so fucking funny but it is and like the comedic timing of it um it, that's one of my it sounds so dumb but that is one of my favorite moments of the whole show and why I love the character of Hopper so much it's funny because they cut him in mid-scream like there's a cut he's like drive and then it cuts to, like, yeah that's all you need you know <laughs> and it, just the look on his face my wife was cackling like in that like again through her eyes I was like this is a really good moment this works and then, of course, my favorite moment, bar none, is actually I found out on TikTok when I posted a clip of it and talked about it, uh, a divisive moment. Apparently, a lot of people hate this moment. Uh, the scene with Susie where they're singing Never Ending Story. That's people my, hate that moment? 
Oh yeah, I got a ton of comments. Like, yeah, this pe- is where the show died. Oh no. It's only people who have cold black hearts and are dead inside that hate it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> those people need to die horrible deaths. Oh, for sure. Well, I oh god damn, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, uh, so the argument is, just so you know, it's dumb, it's wrong, but the argument is, it's totally wrong and off. These same people probably hate random musical numbers in long-running TV shows in like the seventh season, which are my favorite thing ever. Uh, but anyway... Totally inconsistent. And this is really dumb. Hopper would be okay and not in the pickle he's in had Susie given them the code immediately. None of the other, none of the bad things would have happened. I don't know if they know how conflict in shows works, but they are a result of decisions made by characters. And uh, without them, you have no show. Or the concept of dramatic ironies (laughs) because he didn't know anything that was going on and just finally is hearing from a boyfriend who she thought ghosted her. Right. Uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, that's my favorite moment. That is the best moment in all of Stranger Things. It's not just a favorite moment on a rewatch. I, the entire rewatch was all leading up to that moment. And it was every <laughs> bit as wonderful as I remembered it to be. And I just I got chills because it's so much fun. Like there's so much going on. They do such a good job, especially in season three of everybody's doing something important in a different place. And it ties together wonderfully. Uh, and so I think that the writing there is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, but that moment just culminates everything and it's so fucking goofy and I love it for that uh, just like the kid Robin and uh, Steve all beating the shit and sitting in the back of the car the demo monster is chasing them and we're listening to never ending story duet and it's, it's, it's wonderful the part that kills me is Murray, Murray Bauman turning around <laughs> looking over his shoulder Baldy. that's when I lose it yeah that's that that part is so good I love um, it and then like I and I, I'm almost certain that I uh, would have talked about it uh, in talking about season one. But the little maternal moment that Joyce has with Eleven uh, when they're doing the uh, salt bath uh, before she does that is just mm. like it's the first moment of parental warmth that Eleven ever has in her life, I think. Uh, and that was uh, just really impactful. And maybe that's just me projecting. But I love that moment. And uh it stood out to me again on the rewatch this time. Steve, anything you want to highlight? Some some extra favorite moments? Yeah, uh, I'm, I, I've, I've talked about the scene before, but it's one of my favorites. I love the scene when Robin comes out to Steve in the bathroom. I was going to um, bring that up as a dark horse. Not only because like leading up to they have such great chemistry on screen together. So like you, you instantly buy that they're good friends right and that you you could see why steve would want something more with this person and and then the way that they kind of uh shoot that where she doesn't quite she has to she you see her build up the confidence to tell this guy um that she's gay and she's not sure how he's going to take it. And, and of course it's Steve Harrington. We like Steve. He's such a good guy. Yeah. Of course he like takes it so well and, and fucks with her about it you know? yeah yeah and like makes fun of the girl that she's crushing oh, yeah. on Cindy's such a dud you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just it warms it warms her heart because that's not something that necessarily would happen um in in a lot of shows especially well they set it up like this 80s trope like this beautiful girl that everyone thinks is a dork. Yeah. And like you take her glasses off and everybody's like, whoa. You're working with Phoebe Kate to the ice cream store. Yeah. Steve. Holy shit. And Dustin's like, you know, the whole season, he's like, uh, 
the girl that you need is working with you, buddy. And no, 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 no way. Not her. And, uh, you know, they set it up like that. Like it's going to be cheesy as fuck when they kiss at the end of this. And I loved that. They subverted that with, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Whoa, no, no, I'm gay. You know, um, I I think it's awesome. And, uh, and she played that so well. And, uh, and that, that whole sequence where they're, you know, under the influence of the truth serum. So well done. It's overdone. It's a trope, you know, and a lot of actors are very bad at acting like they're fucked up. And it's, you know, as somebody who unfortunately has done a lot of drugs, it's a little annoying, you know, and uh, I thought they did a great job um, mm-hmm. like Leo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street good at making this like realistic but funny, you know. They have a good way to like acknowledge some of the unrealism that they're that the show just has by virtue of what it is. So uh, when I was talking before about all the divergent uh, storylines that converge in season three, um, you know, the the scoops true has been doing all this crazy shit in the underground Russian base and they're so they know their way around and they Joyce and Hopper have made it there because they know that there's a machine down below that they need to destroy and they're trying to figure out how to get there and Dustin's like oh we can help you we've we've already worked our way through there we can we know our way to navigate through and you know you you take care of like the badass stuff and we'll we'll be your eyes and ears down there and he's just like no like you're a child. I'm not going to take a child down below into this crazy Russian thing where I, you might get killed. Like it, it would have been easy to be like, oh, well, it's a badass kid and they just have to do it because of the situation that they're in and yada, yada, yada. But it, it was just a good moment of like, no, it, I, I am a responsible adult who is not going to put a child into harm's way. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's cool because in writing, it could be really easy to fall into the, well, I guess we got to do it. And, you know, um, so it's just good for there to occasionally be a uh, come back to reality moment, even in something that is so far fetched and fantastical, you know? No, they do that. You're right. They, they're they really good at um, because throughout seasons two and three, they have to initiate new people into all this outlandish shit. And it's like it's asking a lot of the viewer a huge bit of the willingness, uh, the willing suspension of disbelief to absorb the main characters to absorb this, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Joyce is like, Oh, the lights are talking to me. It's will. And they're well, you're fucking crazy. And then, and then all of a sudden Jonathan's like, I think, I think she's right. You know? And like, it's believable. And so that's a lot. And then in season two, you're like, okay, now we got to sit Max down and tell her all this shit in a way that the viewer can buy that she would believe it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do. I do completely, you know, and then in season three, it's like uh, Lucas's little sister. And you know what I mean? Like we got to invite all these new people in. Yeah. Uh, And I assume there'll be more, but they do it in a way that's organic seeming, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's fall, it's there's cracks in it, but it holds up. Uh, They're really good at that. For instance, uh, Robin's attitude throughout the first half of season three, I think, is money. You know, she's, hey, there's more fucking little kids outside (laughs) to hang out with you. You know what I mean? Like, she, she, how many children are your friends with? This is weird, you know, but they and they know that it is. And there's no good explanation for like, hey, we've actually all fought interdimensional monsters together. That's why we're so tight. We have shared trauma. trauma. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's great. It's like a little in-joke between uh, the main characters and the viewers and against the new characters. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Mm-hmm. They're really good at uh, establishing like a third-party perspective. And yeah. they're like, look how crazy this is from a distance. For sure. 
Um, well, let's get into some spoilery stuff. Now, just to be clear, there will be no leaks or foreknowledge of any kind. By spoiler, we mean if you're trying to go in completely blind, we respect that. If we weren't doing this show, that's the way we would be doing it. Uh, it means no trailer, no uh, you know bonus footage from the new season that's been released by Netflix. That kind of stuff. So that's what we're about to be talking about. Yeah. If you want to go in completely cold, we are going to be talking about like this is this character played by this person. That type. Anything that the Duffer brothers have said about yes. the show in interviews is fair game. So if you want to go in completely blind, maybe skip it. But if you if you don't mind hearing minor details, spoilery stuff. Kermit just joined us for a moment. Like her, minor. Minor. Kermit, <laughs> we're going to do Stranger Things. <laughs> mana, mana. <laughs> mana, mana. Uh, okay. Spoilers coming now. <laughs> you are entering spoiler territory. You're bullshit. All right. So we actually know quite a bit more now since the last time even us three talked personally. Uh, my prediction was wrong about the way they were going to split up the two seasons. So everybody's aware that part one of season four is going to drop on May 27th with part two dropping on July 1st. But the first part is actually seven episodes. Mm -hmm. And then the part two is only two episodes. I did not know that. Yeah. When did this come out? A couple yeah, days ago. Yeah, yesterday. Or, okay. Yeah. And they also released the runtime for all the episodes as yeah. well. But they're super duper long. I, I did see that. We've the known that the they're well over an hour, but um, we've known that they're over an hour long each, but they're well over an hour. The, uh, the shortest one is an hour, three minutes. Wow. Uh, yep. That's episode three. Yeah. So an hour and 16 minutes, hour and 15, hour 17. Uh, episode seven is an hour and a half. Episode eight is an hour 25. And then the finale is two and a half hours long. <laughs> so doing this show the way that we do it is going to be a nightmare yeah. because even an hour and 16 episode one, that's over a half an hour longer than what we're used to, mm -hmm. you know, pretty much. Uh, so damn. Yeah. This is going to be one. Hell but of weekend, I think boys. we'll be more necessary than ever. You know what I mean? Like the recap culture is, uh, is ripe. With this season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff there to get through. People might get lost without us. You need us. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what we're looking forward to uh, in the two parts. Um, so, Annie Hoozle, now that we've seen uh, the trailer, and I've only seen the trailer a couple times. I did watch that Duffer Brother breakdown that you sent mm -hmm. me, but that was like a month ago. Yeah, I watched it back then as well. And then I did watch the eight minutes of the first episode released by Netflix on YouTube, um, but only once. And apparently I fucked up watching it. I, I thought that, that was a whole different character. It's <laughs> obviously 11 uh, with some de-aging technology or perhaps full CGI. And uh, anywho, so yeah, I didn't catch that at all. It re <laughs> that recontextualizes everything. Uh, yeah, it was so funny uh, in the, so we all three watched it re uh, separately, but at the same time. And Chris is like, you guys have seen it, right? And we're like, yeah. And Chris is like, Okay, so that's definitely like number six, right? New antagonist. We're going to see a cool new antagonist, number six. I'm like, hey, number but, six died. <laughs> I, yeah, I took it like because the, the other doctor was in the room with six. And then we, you know, uh, 10, I think, was had a power similar to 11's uh, like spying, spying ability. And uh, all of a sudden he sees blood and chaos and then everything erupts. And I didn't catch the six is dead two line. And so I thought six was running around because there's a the scene is shot weird the way that it actually is. Now that I know it's 11, it's weird. 
Uh, it's not as cool. I thought they were introducing a human antagonist and I was really excited about that. Like what if, what if there was someone who had gone farther than Kali and has just gone completely insane, but with those powers, that's interesting to me, right? Mm-hmm. That's great. That's like uh, the Magneto to Eleven's Xavier. You know what I mean? Great. Charles. Uh, but nay, it is just Eleven is apparently a, chi- a psycho child murderer. And oh, so, no. <laughs> and that's where I think that th- this is where my out there theories. God, it's in. out there, man. It's so out there. But doesn't I, even make sense. This is a flashback <laughs> of Eleven murdering all the other numbered children when she was like six years old or something. And it's weird to me to be all of a sudden say, oh, by the way, this character that you love also killed a lot of little kids, you know, way back in the day. I think that maybe. Never stopped Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> and look how he turned out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think that maybe this, maybe, and this is out there, that it's a flashback, but it's a flashback to the upside down before it was all dark and horrible. So all we really know about the upside down is that it's the same as our world, just like the darker version of it. It's like home. Got all this, but so dark and empty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, there's uh, all the same buildings. So why wouldn't there be all the same people too? And so maybe it was just like a multiverse thing. It's the exact same as us. Only this is a world where 11 went bad. And so we, she is terrible and awful, and she actually is the mind flayer. But she's the mind flayer from another dimension. She destroys the world and everything around her, evolves into the things that we have come to see. And she she is the overarching big bad of the Upside Down. So what about the Night King character that we see in the trailer? That Do you is, see that as Eleven? I don't. I think that Vecna. If it was, what, what's the character's name? Vecna? Vecna. Uh, if if it's not just like a machination of machination of hers, uh, it, it's the only person that I could see it being would be like Dr. Brenner, but the upside down version of Dr. Brenner. So we haven't actually even said in this uh, recording what we think uh, or what happened in that recap, but it's a flashback. We see Dr. Brenner starting his morning and then going and doing some tests with number 10. Number 10 is, uh, practicing spying on people he all of a sudden everybody starts dying and then dr brenner gets knocked out wakes up and we see that 11 was the one that killed all these people and that's so dark and that it'd be really interesting to me if he sees all that and like he he seems heartbroken and like you monster what did you do but we cut away and it could be holy shit i did it she's my weapon let's go and like now he like helps her develop those powers makes him even more and more powerful and like she could start to use him eventually or something if vecna is is a human at all it would be like him i think but i know that this this theory is way out there but it's it's so fun to me to think that their upside down used to be a normal place so are we combining our uh trailer coverage with the eight minute because i yeah there's, there's something i want to add on to that yeah absolutely but it, but it deals more with the trailer than necessarily the eight minute preview okay so i think andy's on the right track but i don't but i but i have a different opinion of what is happening so i think this Similar to what Andy's thinking, I think this season is going to start um, something similar to like an alternate reality or maybe even alternate visions of the past uh, induced by the main villain Vecna. Um, uh, because that character, the name Vecna is from an actual D&D uh, character. Of like, course. Like that's an actual, he was like a like queen or uh, witch, like witch. Is that what it's called? Lick. Um, Lick. 
Like yeah, something like that. He, he's some character that has that has Sloppy some Joe. sort of like wizard based like vision powers type things. And um, if you watch the trailer enough, there's the scene where Max is like, "Dear Billy," and it shows the headstone of like Billy. What's her last name? Hargrove. I think yes. Um, uh, but in the in later in the trailer, there's a shot where Max is like floating like above the grave and Steve and Dustin are there. But if you look at the headstone, it says William Hargrove. It's a different headstone. So it initially said Billy and then it said William. Yeah. So the name changes on the headstone in between those two shots for some reason. And obviously there's some supernatural shit happening with Max in the second one. So I'm wondering if there is some type of alternating either realities or alternating of visions happening. And maybe that maybe this could play into what's happening with 11 or it really is just her backstory. And this kind of explains why, you know, because you know what, you know how the Duffers do. They like to take irredeemable characters and make them somewhat more sympathetic. Maybe this is their way of saying, oh, you thought Dr. Brenner was this monster this whole time. No, he actually was a, actually a pretty caring, you know, That's what was so dude. compelling about this clip and then is all his kids are brutally murdered. And now he's just kind of an asshole to this other child that he knows is important and is like the key to what he wants scientifically. But he's also kind of resents her in a way. And it's a very interesting relationship where he's trying to like nurture her in a way so that she doesn't go ape shit and kill everyone else but also he he kind of hates her yeah. <laughs> because of what he did i think you are it just clicked for me i think you're spot on dr brenner comes back season four like andy predicted in season two is actually working alongside against vecna right so this is sort of a magneto and xavier team up and uh in order to get the audience to buy that, they recontextualize Dr. Brenner with this opening scene and the way that you're saying. So all of that is a, just a bridge to what happens by mid season one where Dr. Brenner's back, but he's not the bad anymore. And I think that's my that's my theory. Um, so Dr. Brenner's going to come back and they're going to have to work with him in order to uh, try to stop that Yes. Okay. In some way. We, we talked about that. That uh, was your the, uh, prediction yeah, in season that, two. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you and I talked on the phone the other day and we talked about maybe needing to, like uh, like I said before, I still stand by that. I think that he's the American in Russia, uh, that he's been working behind the scenes the whole time, sent them to Hawkins to go. Yeah. That's, things. We didn't get to talk about that earlier. Andy and I were talking about this on the phone. How the phone? Fuck, yeah, phone. <laughs> how the fuck did the Russians know about the gate that was in Hawkins or anything about that? Unless Brenner is the one that's in Russia. Who would tell them that? Yeah, we opened a gate. There was a fucking Demogorgon. And so that actually the kids named it after a D&D guy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and in the Lost Sister episode, there's the the one guy from the lab that used the cattle prod that uh, he's like, no, Brenner's alive. I can I can take you to him. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I definitely think that that's him. I, I, I kind of wonder if slightly different because um, I do know there's going to be. So the Duffers have described the season as their kind of Game of Thrones esque season where all the characters are far apart from each other working and doing their own thing. So there's the Hawkins, there's the Hawkins crew. Uh, there's the California crew, which is seemingly Mike 11 and will and Jonathan. No, it's, um, no, Mike's not there. Yeah, he is. That's, that's 
where he's at in the trailer with Eleven. He's, he, he, he goes there to visit. Like to her. visit? Okay. At least he's there at some point. He's, to, he's visiting. Okay. Yeah, I just he, mean he didn't leave at the end of season three. Right. Yeah, you're correct. But at some point in the series, he goes to California to see them. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to be there the whole time or if he just kind of is like, all right, half see you next summer. And then he leaves, you know? And Hawkins is who? Steve, Robin. Steve, Robin, Nancy, Nancy. Dustin, you know, the, the usual suspects. Um, and then Joyce and Murray are going to Russia seemingly to break out Hopper or something. That, seemingly. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, because we need fucking Joyce to do that job. <laughs> but I have a theory. In Russia. <laughs> I have a theory. So there's that scene where Paul Reiser's back as Dr. Owens and yeah. he's, talk, he's, he's making a plea to Eleven, like, we're at, we're at war. We need your help. I think that there is intergovernment struggle. So, like, there's the good government, which is Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. And then there's the more Dr. Brenner influenced bad government that is still trying to use this power for evil. And the war he's talking about, you think watching the trailer, the war is with the upside down, but really it's It's a war between these two agencies or Mm. with Russia. And maybe Dr. Brenner is is back and he's somehow leading this charge of the the quote unquote bad part of the U.S. government to try to get 11 again and stop her. And maybe this is the setup of like that fucking bitch. (laughs) She's got a terror. Wound. She is just a terrible wound. Did you see what she did to Ten? <laughs> he was my favorite. He, he was such a good boy. He he read his books at night, his and I could just. Ball. He loved his magical eight ball. I would always say, hey, I would ask him questions like, what's your favorite color? And he would say, signs point to yes. And I would say, doesn't apply. (laughs) I love that my Matthew Modine impersonations are always like, good news, everyone. (laughs) From Futurama. Uh, Yeah, that's some good predicts coming out here, boys. Good predicts. Um, They might need to go to Dr. Brenner for help to get Eleven's powers back. That's that would be gross, though. About. You had talked about that, and yeah. we both uh, agree that would be gross. It would be gross, but it's possible. Like We got a powerless 11 right now. What if she never gets the Mac? It's definitely not going to happen. I know. but I was actually about to say, can we all talk about how awesome it's going to be? Because you know what they're going to do. It's going to be a one to four episode buildup, and then at a crucial moment, she'll get her powers back. And even though we've seen it a thousand times... It'll be like the very first time and we'll go, fuck, yes. Like when she lifted the van in season one, you know, or broke yeah. the, the, the Troy's little, little, little arm. bastard arm. Yeah. Or, or the Man squirrel. She shot the squirrel across the woods. In season two. Yeah. It's like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. That, my wife exclaimed. <laughs> like, wow, that's unnecessary. Uh, yeah. So when she gets her powers back, it'll be really cool. I mean, it's like excited for yeah. that in advance. You're excited for a trope. It's wonderful. Yeah. Man, yeah. <laughs> I love that shit, man. It's like a, all is lost, you know, Dark Knight of the Soul. And I'm just really excited for the inevitable rise. Yeah. Um, but I also uh, have heard from the Duffers, I believe, that season three, uh, season four is very uh, max heavy. They reached um, out. Yeah, they oh. called me. Say, hey, Chris, man, we know you're really concerned, but the, don't worry. I know you're a big fan of Sadie Sink. All the Max. Hey, buddy, you could ever want. Fear Street 978 is, 1978 is the best one. And uh, <laughs> we got a surprise for you, buddy. This is a really Max heavy episode, uh, which I am excited about it, for reasons I just alluded to. I think Sadie Sink, uh, since Stranger Things 3 has gone off the air, I've realized what a strong actor she is. And I think that there is a lot there to her character, and I'm really excited. Uh, also, uh, Maya Hawk, really excited to see what Robin does in Stranger Things Four. And um, yeah, I my new prediction is uh, at some point Max gets powers. I 
it appears that way. Yeah. Based on the trailer, at least maybe not like, uh, you know, permanent powers. Maybe she just has them for like a hot spell. Cause I think, I think there's going to be a real heavy tie between her and, uh, the Vecna character. It, it seems like she's going to be the one that's tied to that character most in the way that will has been tied to the upside down. Yeah. Sounds like Max. Is I wonder turn dark. What do you think they're going to do? A mad Max you'd say? Yeah. That's what a lot of people think. And I, I, that's possible, but I think that would be grave, a grave mistake mm-hmm. because that family just goddamn, you know what I mean? Can anyone in that family just be happy? Uh, we're just going to beat the shit out of you your whole childhood. And then, write a bunch of monsters to tear you apart. Uh, you know, like I want, I think from a writing perspective, Max needs to survive this. Um, but that's just me. Um, but it looks like that way, you know, she's obviously floating. Give her, well, I mean, you could give her a family an opportunity to overcome it, you know, and her name doesn't start with a B, so she's fine. <laughs> yeah, you would think, but then Alexi didn't fare well. <laughs> she is really far away from B in the alphabet, though. So yeah. that's that she's got that going for her. <laughs> yeah, Alexi was a little too close to yeah. the sun on hey, that man, one. You're right next to B there, buddy. You got to go. Um, should should oh, stuck you with me and off. Fucked, bro. Hopper tried to save you. Uh, yeah, we're A and C. If anybody didn't get that. Yeah, the Duffers have like said that this. <laughs> 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 the Duffers have said this season is going to be their like horror season. Um, they, they just, I, I thought it was interesting. They described um, season three, their summer blockbuster yeah. season, which was something we had never heard of. I remember at the time, well, it's where they got the three. most money, you know, and, and, and they, they were saying season three is the weirdest season, but it wasn't like, no, it's our summer blockbuster yeah. season. They started in retrospect, calling it their blockbuster season, yeah. which I, I saw yeah. it watching it. You know, you get the mind flares, this huge monster mm-hmm. um, who's free in the, you know, in the reality that we and know. And it takes place in summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> True. Um, I, I saw some blocks get busted for sure. And there's a lot of like slasher and Hellraiser influences for season four, right? Yeah. So the Vecna character, pretty they, brutal movies. They, they said specifically they wanted to make like a Freddy Krueger or a pinhead. Or, and Robert England plays the Vecna, right? He plays Victor Creel, who is the old man who owns that haunted house. That is the Creel house. Um, I Again, know, I've seen the trailer once long ago. So I don't. I don't know if he plays Vecna. I'll, there is actually a really big theory online that um, the Vecna character is actually Billy. But I think it's Robert Englund because why would you get Robert Englund and not have him be the creepy, scary yeah. monster man? Yeah. Um, but, but like. Um, uh, fun fun story. I, I learned in an interview with the Duffers, they were saying that Robert Englund, and, and if you don't know, he's the guy who plays Freddy Krueger in the original Krueger films. Um, All he, of them, right? Not the remake. Okay. Yeah, that was John, Jackie. Earl. Jackie O'Haley, yeah. Uh, but he was the original Freddy Krueger. He was the OG. He actually is the one that approached the Duffers and was like, hey, I really want to be in Stranger Things, not knowing that they were specifically writing this character influenced by Freddy Krueger. Oh, cool. And so we were like, they were like, well, uh, uh, yes, yeah, 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 please be on our show, Robert Englund. Right. Um, How cool is that? But yeah, there's a big theory that that the, the Vecna character is like an, a reanimated Billy's dead body. But I I, th- I think it's going to be this Victor Creel character that's just been kind of consumed by the force of Vecna. I've heard that, and I really hope that they're wrong. That's terrible. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Yeah, uh, and I also heard a uh, big TikTok creator talk about. I know you guys all think it's Billy, but I think it's Max. 
and uh, she's, huh? she's got <laughs> All right. she's got blue eyes, and so does Vecna. No other characters do. Was his like biggest piece of evidence. Um, and this is like I'm not okay. I'm not trying to be dismissive here, but there's this like culture of breaking down Marvel trailers um, and that are way off and people have a lot of fun with that. I'd God love them. You know, it's just not my thing. Uh, Mephisto's coming. You yeah, guys, like they, <laughs> I think Mephisto is Vecna, you know, <laughs> at this point. Uh, but again, for the same reason I said earlier, if anything like that were true, it would be terrible. And I trust the Duffers way too much yeah. uh, to do that to Max. Um, but we'll see in their hands. They could do that to Max and do it the right way. How can you have that character end up, just like the rest of her family with zero resolve like in I said, the right way. If she overcomes it. Come back? No, well, you, are you saying like have it happen to her, like have her die? Well, I would assume if she became Vecna, then she would die. Well, maybe. It'd be terrible. I don't I, think that she's Vecna. There's no, I know no we're not that, saying that. That, that is terrible. It's the dumbest shit I've heard. Like, <laughs> you, you were nice to that guy. That guy <laughs> Andy always goes on. Read his ass. Guys, guys, what if he's right? <laughs> Here's the thing. A Monopoly game spoiled season four. Like, it came out like a week or two ago, and it spoils the season. And they're out there. Like, oh, actual this, def- this stuff definitely happens. Uh, I don't know how much of it it spoils but the Duffer brothers are pissed. And now there's sure. also the culture of people that would read those spoilers and then make predictions and dance around the fact that they actually know for sure something's going to happen. So for all we know, that dude read the Monopoly cards, get out of jail free. Also, Max is Vecna. <laughs> you know, like, That's a weird Monopoly game. <laughs> Andy, what, what are all those board games behind you? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, speaking of Vecta, uh, I did. I do think it's cool that like they were saying the they they hired the makeup guy from Chernobyl, and he's the guy who nice. designed the Night King. Like he did all the process. Yes, I, the I did King. know it's the same guy who did the Night King, which is why he kind of looks like the Night King to me. Yeah, and well, they, they hired him specifically because they were impressed with the prosthetic work in Chernobyl, like the radiation. Dude, that shit's yes. amazing. Um, and, and apparently, like the villains, like ninety percent practical, and of course they add like the CGI vines that seem to be holding him up. But like the the body itself is like mostly practical like how could you not be excited for this every one of these episodes cost over 30 million dollars jesus this is nine feature length films pretty much of stranger things like this is gonna as steve says lick tits it's gonna lick tits they they went soup to nuts on this one (laughs) it's not gonna pull out it's not Mm -mm. no no sir no sir (laughs) uh did you guys hear about um the uh, the 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 game in the trailer, no. The, the mystery of the trailer did not. Oh. So I didn't know about this. I was just kind of going down a rabbit hole trying to like figure out, you know, some stuff that the trailer brought to us. Like I was listening to interviews with Duffers, and someone's like, "Oh yeah, there's a secret code in the trailer. People are trying to crack it." So I looked into it, and it's fucking incredible. So there is a single frame. Uh, I think it's in like one minute, 59 seconds of that trailer. There's a frame. It looks like nonsense. It looks like a bunch of like portals. There's like, I think four of them, but for a single frame, those portals have timestamps on them. Huh. And the timestamps are 32 seconds, 52 seconds, a minute, 46 and two minutes, 30 seconds. And if you go to those freeze frames of that, of the time frame, there's text on screen, whether it be like 
you know, the Hellfire Club t-shirt or, um, you, you know, just a random sign that's an, an exterior shot. But if you take those shots and overlay them on the original portal shots and you kind of edit, edit them so that the the 32 second uh, The word that was in 32 seconds is, is on that. Yeah. yeah. It spells out, I am Hell's Master. And so a lot of people are like, well, what does that mean? I am Hell's Master. Well, someone was like, why don't we add .com at the end of it? <laughs> so if you go to imhellsmaster.com, that brings up a light bright puzzle. Do you remember light brights? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, it's a digital light bright. Boards. And you've got different colored pegs and you can, you know, pop, pop them in. And there's like, a, it looks like a post-it notes with numbers on the side. And if you follow the post-it note directions, you'll create like an upside down heart. And then that opens a giant portal and it's like, congrats, you solved this puzzle. The the rest of it will come out in July. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's a lot of work just yeah, to get so the I, dud. So I, I will, uh, I don't know. I thought I saved the photos. I'm sorry. I did. I, ta- I did take screen grabs of um, like the, the, the work. Oh, yeah, it's right here. So. So this is the I'm showing you. I'll, I'll post this all online, but that is the the different portals. Oh, okay, and someone has superimposed the words up there. Okay, um, and then like these are just the individual frames from those timestamps I mentioned. That's what they're pulling from, and then that takes you to the website and timehellsmaster.com. Uh, this is this is the lightbright.org. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> it's an upside down heart. Yeah, Steve's like upside down heart. Yeah. Oh, you sweet summer child. Those are balls. <laughs> the, the Duffer Brothers just hit the entire world at once with these nuts. Oh my god! In a really labyrinthine way. They did. But yeah, so apparently there's going to be like more to this mystery in July. But I, I, I didn't. That was something that I would not have noticed had I not done research for the show. And I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool little. I mean, I didn't solve that problem. It was right. all like I followed other people's no, stuff on Reddit. This is becoming a thing. Like they're really trying to outwit the nerds. Um, this is off topic a little bit, but I just watched season three of Love, Death, and Robots, and Ooh, um, I forgot that I was dropping. There's a QR code at the end of episode nine, and I scanned it, and it took me to an NFT a screenshot of the episode and, and uh, asked you for $200. There's a QR code <laughs> in every single episode hidden. And I was only able to find the two of them, the one at the end of episode one and the one at the end of episode nine, the only two that are in the credits I found quote unquote found. Um, but I couldn't find them in any of the other episodes. I stayed up for like an hour rewatching them and scanning through the frames and stuff. And just for, I'm not an NFT guy, but I was like, Oh, this is fun. Yeah. And they're really like cool pictures of the, by the way, episode nine, Yibaro is the best love death robots episode ever. It was fucking incredible Ooh, I have to watch that. So any who's, uh, do you guys want to touch on our old predictions and see if we stand by them? Uh, yes. sure. So, uh, we kind of briefly talked, we talked about Hopper still being alive and Dr. Brenner being the American. Uh, but Andy, I think you're, I think you're pretty spot on with this production, uh, prediction. You said that this show was not going to take place mostly in Hawkins. Okay. Yeah. Now, obviously there's going to be a big group of people in Hawkins, but I think you're right. We're two thirds of the show is going to be somewhere not in Hawkins, right? Yeah. That, that, that town has seen enough. Leave them, <laughs> leave them be. <laughs> leave Hawkins alone. <laughs> Hawkins is the Hargroves of America. The Britney Spears of America. <laughs> uh, Andy also predicted that uh, 
something that happens in this season will result in why Chernobyl happens because this is the same year that Chernobyl happens. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> 1986 is when Chernobyl happened. Are, are we confirmed that this is set in 1986? Did the uh, delay in production change things at all? I think in the trailer breakdown, the Duffer said that the at least the eight minute or at least the beginning of the season picks up six months after the end of season three or whatever three yeah i can't do numbers yeah numbers are tough man i get it what comes after what comes well the eight minutes is 1979 but yeah uh there was one i don't know exactly the context but i know one of them definitely said six months after season three um maybe no i'm not sure i stand by that anymore (laughs) andy famously also said that uh they're gonna make it a point to have the characters not smoke as much because of uh Netflix. A, Netflix's anti-smoking stance, but also there was some sort of law that was created. In 1986, about, you weren't allowed to smoke on public transit anymore. Yeah, that was it. And you were, you were saying that like Hopper like, oh, I can't smoke on the bus anymore. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as Hopper okay. sounds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my, my famous impressions. And this, this may be Andy's hottest take. This is Andy's hottest take by a mile. And he says that in season four, there will be a sacrifice slash redemption arc for none other than Ted Wheeler. Stand by it. I actually, that's <laughs> awesome. I forgot I made that prediction. I thought of that uh, the other day, like, God, they really just do him dirty. He's trying his best. And so, yeah, I stand by it. The sacrifice of Ted. Uh, Karen needs to leave Ted. Take that shit to the bank. I'm not saying Ted's a bad guy. Ted's not for Karen. I agree. He I can agree. find another dud chick out there that wants to just watch TV. Right. He's a good dad to Holly. Yeah, he is. He is if a good dad by to Holly. letting Holly sit on you while you sleep as father, you know, fatherhood, then yes. Yeah. Um, we also predicted like celebrity cameos that would come out. Yeah, we were all. I don't think any of us said Robert England. None of us said Robert England. In fact, I'm just going to read Andy's because one of his is uh, fucking depressing. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> you you suggested Peter Billingsley, who's the kid from A Christmas Story. Okay. But then your other one was Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, obviously, that's wrong. Um, Chris suggested Fred Savage, Mark Hamill, Molly Ringwald, which I still think are all really solid bets. They could all still happen, right? Yeah. Because I, I was so. talking to Andy about this. They almost always have two 80s stars. In season one, we got Matthew Modine and Winona Ryder. In season two, we got Paul Reiser and Sean Astin. In season three, I think we got no one, which is weird. Season three also, we didn't mention this before, but season three is also never takes place in the Upside Down. True. Yeah, true well, no. there's no open gate, except it's like a sliver. The Demagussy is opening slightly. Ew. 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 <laughs> Ew. Uh, and then, Chris, you predicted that this season would take place around Christmas. Don't know if that's going to happen. It looks like not. Look, it, it, signs point to no. I'm, but it could be California Christmas. We don't know. Is that a little eight Magic 8-Ball reference there? That was pretty good. Yeah. I, I didn't intend for it to be, but yeah. Uh, and then also you said that this would be a, there would be a pretty in pink moment for Eleven in the season. I think you were meaning that she would be adjusting to life as a normal girl and she would have a pretty in pink moment where she would like, you know, like, I'm going to get, I'm going to be a real girl. That type of thing. I don't even remember why I said that, but I still, I stand by that. that there's going to be at least a couple episodes, which we now know is hours of her without her powers adjusting to, you know, some normalcy. And it could be Kali that gets her powers back with her, perhaps. It also could be Kali. Holy shit. Kali's Vecna. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. But causing these reality shifts, obviously that's her power oh. to make Max float, to make the headstone change or whatever, right? Like, ah, you're right. That is her power. It's the power of perception. Mm-hmm. Perception yeah. is king. Yeah. King Kelly. Period. Uh, <laughs> that, did I do that right? No, I don't know. No, I don't know. I'm not on TikTok enough. Period. <laughs> did it again. You did it again. Uh, I have some new predictions. Uh, not really. That, I don't know why I just segued like that. It's not. Why that's not, you, a, that's not at all what I'm saying. I don't know. Friends. Actually, the show's bye. over. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to throw out uh, something else from Andy and I's discussion as a question. Um, so I feel like they have a they have a will problem. Because in season one, obviously, Will was sidelined. Season two, we found out Noah Schnapp is an incredible actor. and uh, But it also kind of felt cruel that he was the center of the torture again, right? In season three, the Will problem came to a head because they knew they couldn't do that again. But they didn't know what the fuck to do with him. So he's just kind of like stuck in this weird, you know, F plot where he hasn't quite grown up as fast as the other kids and they all have girlfriends. And Andy said, oh, I feel so bad for Will in that season. I took it as an underdeveloped teen of which there are some, right? And Steve, I think you identified with that as, uh, and I remember listening to the show again, you talked about how you were a little bit, you know, not underdeveloped. That's a weird word to say. I was behind to say to your face. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, hey, what's up? I thought we were all friends, guys. You know, and they, everybody was clicky and you were sad and skipped school a lot because of it. Um, but Andy was like, ahead of the interpretation that he thinks Will's gay and that that's yeah, where they're actually, going. I think that's a very, I think I, I 100% agree with you on that, Andy. Which... And the more that I think about it, and if we're talking to Andy, I'm leaning that way. Um, so I, my question is, what do you think that Will's place in the story is going to be in season four? Interesting. Uh, okay. So Will's now out in California. Um, fuck, that's really hard to answer. Um, so I think that it's going to be a lot of like Will discovering himself, maybe even like you know, he, obviously he's going to be out there making new friends and uh, maybe, you know, exploring his sexuality a little bit. I don't know how far the Duffers would want to go with that. But uh, like the Robert England guy, I'm guessing that he's in California. Seems like a California type of guy to run into. And so maybe Will's the one that like discovers that because I think that he's going to be out there like becoming a new person, you know. Right. You mean like the the creepy old Victor Creel guy? Yeah. That, that's a Hawkins person. For Is sure. it really? Yeah, because okay. in the trailer, you see the Hawkins crew going into the Creel house. Gotcha. Yeah. So I don't know. Honestly, uh, uh, there is still kind of a Will problem. He is the zombie boy, but um, I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll like develop some. He, he still has the tingle, right? The Will tingle? The Willie tingle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that they need to to actualize him. They need some, you know. Maybe not come out, but at least to himself, if, if he is gay, in fact, and mm-hmm. make that a thing. Um, my theory, though, is that because he's in California now, right? Yes. A lot more gay people in California than Hawkins, Indiana. In, in the 80s, for sure. So I think, uh, well, just in general, coastal populated cities are more at tolerant. Least, at well, least outed. People. Yeah, they're more tolerant. Yeah. So I think that this could be a good time for Will to become whoever he's going to be. The wise. Um, the wise and throw the green fireballs. <laughs> and uh, so th- I think, yeah, if it's going to if that is true, it's going to come out. No pun intended this season. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I honestly don't know what they're going to do with Will. I hope they find something for him. The one thing I really hope happens and then I'm actually really excited for the possibility of happening is Will and Eleven really working together. 
Because yeah. we really haven't gotten a lot of Will and Eleven, even though they're the two that they should have the most in common out of sure. all of them, right? Because they have... Yeah, I hope that Eleven dumps Mike's ass again. I dump your ass. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, here, okay, another hot take. Uh, prediction. Eleven will learn to speak this year because it's starting to get really fucking weird and yeah. make me think that Millie Bobby Brown can't act when it's not her fault. Probably they're just writing her like she's five still because in season two, they had this unique issue of like, okay, with her upbringing, she probably still a little rough around the edges hops teaching her words. So, uh, like, uh, what's the word compromise compromise halfway happy. Yeah. Halfway happy. That was cute. I understood that. But yeah. in season three, it becomes, <laughs> taxing you know i dump your ass you dump know your ass. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it was cute but like at what point is she just gonna uh assimilate you know <laughs> well now it seems like she's gonna be in an actual high school which god help her hey that, yeah right <laughs> well now she's gonna be a valley girl is what's hysterical she can talk and we're gonna wish she did. <laughs> like oh totally my god <laughs> like that's what we're gonna get and i'm sad it's gonna be but. clueless I don't uh, know if we'll get that. I feel like those girls are going to shun her because she's for sure. Oh, for sure. She's like, gonna, I don't, don't, mouth breathers. I don't think that she's actually. Uh, into I hope we wait till she gets her powers breathers. back and she brutally murders all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I do this, you know. I do hope she. <laughs> I do hope she dumps Mike's ass because uh, that was one thing we didn't mention it, but in this most recent uh, rewatched is I, I was just. I do not like Mike. I was just constantly thinking, is there a more miserable human being on this earth <laughs> than Mike fucking Wheeler? Yeah, like Lucas is, is awesome. He, you know, he's hapless. Dustin's goofy as shit. We, yeah, we, we love him. He's Dustin. fine. Will's great. Will's I would like, I, of, of all the people I'd be most likely to hang out with Will and play D&D. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Listen to some, uh, Fucking clash. Yes. I was about to say that because I'm not an embarrassingly stupid person. <laughs> Jefferson Starship. <laughs> That's a throwback to 2017. <laughs> Suck it. Uh, yeah, I think that that wraps everything up, right? Yeah. All oh, right. We have one last bit of business. Oh, the yes. Mad Lib. It's going to be a treat to me every episode. <laughs> The Mad Lib. You guys didn't think we were going to find out the story of the Hawkins Middle AV Club, did you? All right. Are you guys ready to find Sounded out what... by Bob Newby. So ready. R.I.P. R.I.P. Bob Newby, superhero. Okay, here we go. Testing. One, two, seven. <laughs> hey, you. Yes, you. Want to get your phalanges on the latest flower equipment? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Does the thought of using a Heath Kit tire shack radio thrill you? Interested in squirting out with some of Hawkins' finest wheelbarrows? <laughs> Then AZ Club is the club for you. Cry on down to room 11 on Wednesdays after the table rings. <laughs> what? That didn't work out. See President Andrew Wheeler for any questions or come find me, your plentiful science teacher, Mr. Clark, who can get it, in my classroom after crayons. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, curiosity is the switching at what? That doesn't make sense. Remember, curiosity is switching at the door. Will you open it? Sign up sheet for, sign up sheet is for interested wolves only. <laughs> only colorful doodles, unkind messages. That's or the crayons. 
Oh, there you go. Any any colorful doodles, unkind messages, or fake names such as Joe Mama or Stephen Butts will result in after purgatory detention. End scene. Damn. Beautiful. Squirting after the wheelbarrows. And that flower equipment with your phalanges. You want to get your phalanges on some flower equipment? <laughs> no. Ew. No. Well, tune in soon, guys, because we are, as you listen to this, four and a half days away from staying up all night watching Top Gun and and then uh, Stranger Things. And so I assume the episodes will be dropping periodically all weekends, you know, various recaps. And so you can keep up, take a break from the actual show, listen to our show. And if you want to become a Patreon subscriber, you can see our take on Kenobi and Top Gun Maverick and listen to our super secret, wonderful Stranger Things trivia game. It's going to be great. That Steve has been working on so hard Way for the last much. couple of weeks. Uh, so tune in for that at patreon.com slash streaming things god damn it yeah and if you are a matron member uh there a poll went out last night so make sure you uh complete that poll vote on the poll vote the poll any hoozle that's all the time we have this week my name is chris i'm andy and i'm steve and this has been streaming things happy streaming Hello? Hello. Is is this Christopher and Andrew? It is. It Welcome, is. Dr. Brenner. It's oh. been so long. And not long enough. Well, okay. Well, we're glad to have you back on the show. And, and you know, as, as I wrote to you, uh, I would very much like you to help thank our patrons with us. Would you be willing to do that? I suppose so. Is this is this no. for science? <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. And well, it might result in It keeps the lights deaths. on. Mm, I, I've worked in a place where the lights flicker constantly, so I can empathize with you. So let's keep these lights on. You don't want to have a child kill everything you love. That's true. Uh, so let's. These people give you money. Uh, yeah, unbelievably so. But yes, shocking. And there's more than ten of them. I know you don't like the number ten. It makes you very sad. I just got a chill. <laughs> Well, let's get this over with. I would like to thank first off is Phil. Thank you so much for your donation. I really would love to experiment all up on your body. Uh, thank you, Carmelita. You sound very cultured and cool. I'd I'd, I'd bring, read some fancy journals with you. Uh, thank you, Carrie. <laughs> Thank you so much for your support, Carrie. I, you really have to tell me why you listen to this show, because these two jabronis, I said jabronis, me, Dr. Brenner. Yeah, that's how he talks. <laughs> I mean, you talk. Thank you, Enza. I really need to start experimenting on foreigners to see if your soil and foods that you eat are different than the children that I experiment on here. What do they even eat over there? Uh, Quinoa. Waffles? Yes, for sure. Peas. Uh, I like peas. <laughs> Speaking of food, thank you, cake. Yes, thank you, cake. thank you, cake. We're thanking you, cake now. Okay. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much, Daniel. I, I really appreciate all the hard work you do. Uh, pres- presumably, whatever you do at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy, so much. I, wasn't he on the show once? He was once. And now he pays you money? Mm-hmm. That's how we get him. We need to get more guests. <laughs> Maybe I should try that in getting kids. I can be like, I'm on a podcast. You want to be on, young child? 
<laughs> we'll, we'll call it. I will fuck with your head. The white van. <laughs> the, the white van. Uh, Andrew, I need to get you on my marketing team at the energy of the Department of Energy. Uh, thank you, Sarah, so much for all of your the kind things that you say, supposedly, to these people. Thank you, E. Lopez, but there's a note here that says I should say E. Lo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it's, that uh, a, it's requested. Mm, okay, well, uh, thank you, Kyle. Thank you so much for all your work. I knew a Kyle once. I killed him. Thank you, Thomas. It's for- actually, I'm sorry, it's Thomas. I'm sorry, what? It's Thomas. Yeah, the H is not silent. We, we've discussed Is that like this. a Bunsen burner that you use? Just a, it's a very common name. Thomas. Thomas. Mm-hmm. The 80s are wild. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Shay. <laughs> are you okay, son? You need me to get up my... No, I'm, I don't need your doctor I have a, services. I have a thing. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. In the, it, it's in the van. It's, no. it's, it's, it's several, not going out there. Several pills. <laughs> It'll fuck you up. <laughs> thank you, Stephen V, so much for all the interactions you have with the show. And thank you, A. Wells. You are a terrible wound. <laughs> and it needs to be fixed. <laughs> this terrible terrible wound <laughs> in my heart I miss Ted so much I know I know you're sad but thank you for stopping in and more importantly thank you to all of our patrons who help keep the lights on metaphorically it's not enough money to pay the bills <laughs> I'm gonna take those pills <laughs>